So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance K. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 10, Episode 2 of 90 Day Fiance. No new couples get introduced this week, but we do check in with our other couples from last week. Jasmine arrives in Cold Hell, aka Michigan. Manuel does not start off on the right foot by rejecting both black cats and witchcraft. Sophie and Rob get stuck in the airport elevator. And Justin, I mean Igor, and his friends set up a thirst trap for some old Moldovan guys. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dunces, and life lessons. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? Um, cold. It just all of a sudden got cold today. This, oh, really? This week. Yeah, like, yeah, like I got up and because I, I have my my um alarm clock like reads me the news when I wake up. And like that tells me the weather. And it's like, that's always the days when it's like, this is the part time of year where I start to hate it. Cause it's like, and a high of 48. And I was like, damn it. Oh no, <laughs> that sounds awful. No, thank you. <laughs> so actually that's a good segue into one of our couples actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about Gino and Jasmine. Oh gosh. Oh yes. Right. Michigan. So cold. Michigan. Right. So we open with Jasmine showing us her new look. So she has no hair extensions or wigs, just her natural shoulder length hair with some pretty aggressive bangs. So mm-hmm. she tells she says that it's a way for her to exert control after all of these fights with Gino. And by control, it basically means it's one fewer thing that she has to rely on Gino for money for. Yeah. Um, instead of her extensions. So she tells us that leaving everything in Panama is very hard. And today's the day to leave. And but she was hesitant before, but she's going to do it. So there's lots of crying and hugs when she leaves with her, from her sisters. And she still makes it to the airport uh, with Coco for her one-stop flight to Detroit. So we go to Gino's place where he's got lots of Panamanian flags everywhere. But we're not he's not sure what's going on because evidently him and Jasmine got in a fight last night and she blocked him on WhatsApp, which he – unsurprisingly knows exactly how to tell whether someone's blocked you on WhatsApp. God. (laughs) Not his first rodeo. Um, So he has to go to the airport to attempt to pick her up anyway, just assuming that she made her flight, even if if he's not sure she made it. So he posts up at the baggage carousel with flowers and is feeling pretty nervous since, you know, they literally have 90 days to figure everything out. So, of course, she did make the flight and we catch her walking, walking down, walking through the airport. So she insists that blocking him wasn't really like a bad decision. It wasn't mean. It's just like part of their fighting ritual. Like she has to keep (laughs) the fight from getting out of control. So she just blocks him. And then she has some time, in this case, a whole international flight time to settle down. So now everything's better. Not perfect. She's still mad about whatever it was. We never even found out what they were fighting over. But it's good. So Gino is on the other side of security doors. Yeah, based seeming like all by himself. That always confuses me when they're in the airport alone. I was like, didn't she just get off of a plane full of people? Where's everybody else in this plane? Right. Um, so she comes out and they run to hug each other. And she kind of has a stroller that with Coco's carrier and she kind of lets it go. And it just like goes like 20 feet past Gino, <laughs> just like down the airport. Um, bye, um, Coco. Bye, Coco. Yeah. 
they're they're both super pumped that Jasmine's finally in the states, and she says she looks forward to sucking on his tongue every night and Ew, also other things. And she's like, "But I'm not going to talk about that." And I was like, "I think you just did, though." Yeah, I think, I think you know what you're talking about. So it takes some prompting for him to notice her new haircut, but he's very enthused about her natural hair. So make a they make a pinky promise that they're going to get into more, no more crazy fights. So that pinky eh. promise is going to yeah, I, I don't trust that pinky promise I at all. I was going to say, how long is that going to last? So now, of course, they have 90 days to get married. For her first impression of things, Jasmine is looking forward to seeing. She's like wondering, I wonder how good his house smells. <laughs> so in the airport, Jasmine later, as they're walking to the car, is like, it's pretty chilly. Is it because of the weather or is this the air conditioning? And he's like. Uh, the air conditioning, but actually it's not even the air conditioning. It's the heat <laughs> because she, <laughs> when they finally do get outside, she's just like, what, why is it so cold? And this is the parking garage. She's like just completely shattered at how cold it is and that she can see smoke coming out of Gino's mouth because it's so cold. She's like, what? look <laughs> at your mouth. There's smoke. What is this? She's pretty sure that if she ever even steps outside here, she's just going to die of hypothermia immediately. <laughs> like she's like, I'm not ready for this. So the heater and the seat warmers in the car make it more comfortable, even though she does describe the entire landscape of Michigan as it's like hell. But if hell was winter, (laughs) it's cold, just depression in the landscape is what she says. So she doesn't understand why people live in a place that she feels God has made pretty clear that no one is supposed to live here. Why are you here? <laughs> so then they get to the house and now it's time to bitch about everything there. So she they go in through the laundry room. The Panama flag he has is upside down. The walls are awful colors. Everything's dusty. Everything's smelly. And then she makes fun of him for how much canned food and like trash, like Target bags he has in the kitchen. And she says she didn't have high expectations for the house at all. But it still doesn't meet them. It's way worse than she thought. There's going to have to be some changes. And we're still not done with the complaining about the house. Like even Coco is so nervous about the house. He's peeing on the carpet, which she tries to say that was there before. And he was like, nope. Why don't you put your finger in it? See what it is. And smell it. So they go upstairs to the bedroom with his unimpressive view of dead trees and the toilet. Which still has shit in it for some reason. Oh my God, Gino, you're disgusting. Which at least she was laughing about, I guess. She likes the bathroom. The bathroom is probably her favorite part of the house, even if it does need a complete renovation. Like has old sinks and faucets, linoleum tile, just not great, but plenty of space to put in what she wants. So they get to the bed and he reassures her that it's, she's like, how old is this bed? And he was like, after my divorce. It was after my divorce. I got it after that. Like... (laughs) Um, so definitely not the bed I share with my ex-wife. No, no, no. Even though we probably should wash the sheets because I use lots of lotion. <laughs> Ew, gross. <laughs> he didn't say for what, but he, he did didn't say for imply. what, but he said there's why are these spots on your bed at yeah. crotch level of the bed, let's say. Oh, and God. She, he was like, I use Very a lot concerning. of lotion. We're like, uh, so she says she wants a new bed, one that's better suited for a married couple, which I guess means a bigger bed because I don't know if it's a double or a queen. But Yeah, definitely looks smaller. Anyway, he's starting to get flustered because – he's starting to get flustered because, okay, all these things he, she wants cost money. And, of course, she's giving him the standard guilt trip she also gives of, you wouldn't buy this thing for your wife that says <laughs> she wants it, who moved from Panama for you. So eh, at this time, he's like – 
he's the other thing is he hasn't told her he quit his job, so money's going to be even tighter. So Goodness. he's just getting that flustered Gino look. All right, so we got Gino's house. I mean, it's it's exactly what I would expect Gino's house to look like for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, so yeah, I mean, what were your, what were your impressions of the living situation we have here? Uh, none of this segment surprises me, right? His house right. doesn't surprise me. Uh, the poop in the toilet, I think, was the most surprising thing. And then what was really weird to me when they showed a picture of the toilet after he flushed, there was no water in the toilet because they were trying to say, oh, it's disgusting anyway. And I'm like, where's the water? Uh, like sitting in the toilet, but I mean, yeah. I thought there was, but it also had like, I mean, it had it needed to get the toilet needed to get brushed, like very oh, much. Oh gosh, so. like, you need very, a replacement at that point. That is beyond <laughs> brushing. That is beyond anything a brush can help you out. I would even question they have the pumice stones now for your toilet to like scratch off the rings. Like that oh. is beyond a pumice stone too. Like there's no way you you just got to get a new toilet at that point. Mm-hmm. You you've let it go. Far, far too long. Uh, well, I mean, it's probably. I'm, I'm looking at the toilet itself. It's it's probably a toilet that's been there for thirty years. Well, and toilets, quite honestly, are not that expensive. Like, if you are trying to be cheap about it, you can certainly get a toilet for under one hundred and fifty dollars. Sure. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so, that, I mean that's, that's yeah. his. That's what you know would get. He would get the. Give me the standard cheap toilet. Yes. Right. Give me the toilet. Right. He's not he's not going for he's not going for Japanese toilets here for sure. No, no. So I'm just like, okay, how hard is it for 150? But I know, you know, he doesn't have a job right now, but that also confuses me too. Like Gino is no spring chicken, right? Like he's going to be out of work for, you know, what, a year, who knows, a couple years, and it's mm-hmm. like he's not really at the age where you're coming back to work. You know, he's at the age where you never come back because you're retired. Yeah, it's it's one thing to take a leave of absence at, uh, from your work. And it's another thing to take a leave of absence. Like, I don't know, he's 54. So like within 10 years yeah. of retirement, you'd assume. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I mean, I don't disagree with her that the bathroom needs redone. Like it, yeah. renovating the bathroom is something that needs to happen. Um, It's got linoleum tile after all. But I feel like he could like better off be like, hey, we can do it now. It'll be okay. It'll be better. Or we can wait. And then he has to be able to give her a date until this right. date. And then we can do exactly what you want with the bathroom. But yeah. like, you know, I, I I kind of have an inside track of how much bathrooms cost. It's not cheap, right? He's right. probably going to have to pay 20 grand to get that bathroom redone. At least if he wants it cheap, like it's going to be that much. It's 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 not a cheap thing to do. If you want it done right, if you want it done the way she's picturing it in her head, I think. Yeah, because there is certainly one thing if you're like just replacing things like, oh, you're replacing like the sink or you're replacing the toilet and you're replacing the floor. Like, I don't know, but maybe Jasmine would be okay with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, the getting the tile put in—that's the—that's the most—that's the expensive part. Like that's yeah. It, I guess if you have if you're just doing a lift and uh, you know a uh, uh, shoot, what do they call it? A rip and rip and replace. That's what it is. If mm-hmm. you're just doing a rip and replace, like maybe like you can get and you're you're doing a rip and replace. You get buying cheap stuff from Home Depot, you're yeah. okay. But like, 
I don't know that that's what that that's what she's gonna want. Like I think I feel like it's gonna be like, oh, let's rip my place. She's gonna go at Home Depot and be like, these counters all suck. I want this marble counter that we need to get imported, like from wherever. Oh gosh. Be like, oh, and she's gonna do that same thing. Don't you want your wife to have the sink that she wants? Like, oh my goodness, yeah. I mean, I, it's it's. I thought it was encouraging to see that she's thinking about money in terms of like, oh, you know, hair extensions. I don't that's going to be like a cost, a recurring cost. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop that. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, well, you're just replacing one expense for another. Yeah. But she stopped it as a thing. It was like something that needs to happen that I need Gino to give me money for right now. Right now. Now, I thought it's interesting. I don't know if it's I wonder how she's going to feel about Michigan in the summer, right? Because I don't Gosh. know much about Panama's weather, but I would imagine being where it, it is be in the world, it's, but it's probably consistent the whole year. Yes, yes. But I think like, um, but the weather in Michigan in the summer would be pretty consistent to Panama just in general. Right. So I, I'm, I'm curious, is it because, because what you do is if you go into the winter to the, if you go with the exception of where you are, Everywhere else mm-hmm. in the country, if you go somewhere in the winter and you're like, oh, it isn't too bad here, then in the summer, you're like, why is my face melting? My face is melting. Yeah. Like, this is awful. This is yeah. unbearable. Like, no matter where you go in the country, there's at least three months of a year where you're just like, oh, we don't go outside. Like, outside yeah. is outside is not happening. <laughs> right. Oh, goodness. Uh, so let's move on to Sophie and Rob. So Sophie is at the airport on her way to Los Angeles. Meanwhile, in L.A., Rob is cleaning out his car in hopes of making trunk space for Sophie's stuff when he picks her up at the airport. He has big plans for how he's going to greet her at the airport, which includes a stereo. Even though they are engaged, there was no ring and no real proposal, so he plans on doing a dance with roses at the airport and a candlelit dinner at the house. Sophie complains about her trip, which included a very quick layover in New York. She's in the bathroom trying to freshen up as best as she can. Rob is waiting for her and running through the dance in his mind. Sophie sees Rob and he tells her to stop as he puts on music and then does a dance for her. Sophie starts off confused and then Rob cut the dance short and runs to her with the bouquet of roses. She says it's corny. Mm -hmm. Sophie says that she would have said it was ew if it were anyone else. But because Rob is American, he can get away with that kind of corny stuff. He then gets down on one knee and proposes with a ring. Sophie is really surprised. He then puts the ring on the wrong finger because neither of them know which one it is. Sophie says she never thought about marriage growing up and only thought about it with Rob. She doesn't know why the proposal was at the airport, and Rob explains it's because they need to be officially engaged for her to be in the country. Rob is pretty proud of his romantic proposal. They get into an elevator uh, to the parking lot, and Rob is pressing buttons, and Sophie thinks he broke it. Sophie is panicking, and Rob is being very whatever about the situation. Rob blames the weight of her bag for the elevator abruptly stopping and not being able to open. Sophie says that she's super tired and not happy about being stuck in this elevator and insists that it's his fault for pressing a bunch of buttons. They call the help button and the operator resets the elevator and it opens up the door. Uh, Rob tells her to wait there as he will get the car and drive to her. Sophie ignores Rob, gets in the elevator again, and it works. Rob is annoyed that she got it to work and feels like she's just messing up his vibe. While on the way home, Sophie is concerned by some of the things she's seeing on the drive, which prompts her to ask Rob about the safety of the neighborhood. 
Sophie says this isn't anything like what she's used to. Cops are blocking off streets and Rob points out that "Ah, it's like a mile away from his house. They get to Rob's house and she sees a cute dinner set up on the patio. Rob points out the dresser and the desk he got her when he's showing her around the place, which is literally standing in one place and just doing a circle. His place is a studio and Sophie doesn't think it's super clean. Sophie hopes that they will get to move soon and she can decorate it and do it up nice. Sophie wants places to sit and to have touches of pink everywhere. Rob is trying to stay positive and let the negativity and judgment roll off his back. Sophie has figured out what the right finger for engagement ring is and they agree that they will both have to learn more about weddings and marriage. They sit down to a taco dinner with churros and then Rob makes some random joke about her liking a churro anyway mm-hmm. so uh what did you think about the elevator thing because i mean yeah i think lax is a janky ass airport is what i think <laughs> well that's not even uh uh a parking garage at lax oh, that definitely the, i don't know that the, the trash can had the lax logo on it oh, like right it? outside the airport yeah right outside the elevator i mean um so i think it was i mean there's just it's it's an old airport Oh, yeah, for sure. And so, like, there's a lot of – and uh, there are new parts, too, but there's definitely some – and I'm sure he parked in the old, janky-ass parts, the old, oldest, jankiest parking garage he could yeah. find near LAX, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I, I don't know. Like, that doesn't surprise me. I've certainly seen janky elevators in old buildings. I've been in them myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if anyone no. is – really to blame for that but no, then I at the same that. time like i don't know just rob should have just not let it bother him that she said oh you know you broke the elevator and he goes yeah probably but it was old so yeah yeah it's like sorry the elevator yeah the elevator can't handle me pushing buttons i'm sorry right like but because neither one like the elevator buttons you push one button and it overrides the rest of the, there's nothing else you're doing right to break right, it you're right. not breaking it with the buttons but you're also not breaking it with her 60 pound bag. Like, yeah. When they're uh, clearly, so if a third person would have gotten on it, would have broken the air elevator. Like, they weigh more than the bag, right? Um, right. So, yeah. He was trying to say, like, oh, you're 2,000 pounds worth of stuff. And it's like, no, there's, <laughs> you're not getting 2,000 pounds on that little cart. Like, that's not happening. Right. No, no. It was, it was, it, it altogether maybe weighed as much as a person. Like, that's it. Right. Um, but, yeah, I also like, but I do get her frustration, not saying he broke the elevator of just being like, like you I got on. I was like, what, what are you doing? Just it's an elevator. Why are you pushing so many buttons? What are you doing? Yeah. Like, why can't you get the, why? I think they, they kept pulling the thing in and the door was shutting on it. I was like, have you not used an elevator before? Like, <laughs> and, but I also think she didn't quite, I, I think there's a little bit of a thing there. Like I'm familiar enough with British people that I understand that that was her taking the piss. Right. That was her like she wasn't actually like, God damn it, Rob, you broke this elevator. It was like, you know, that's how they joke. Like they like going to be mean about it. Right. They're going to be jokingly mean. Um, That was actually something I looked at blind. I was like British humor tends to be people being uh, like their sarcasm is people being intentionally mean, like Mm -hmm. saying overly mean things. Whereas American sarcasm is more like people saying overly dumb things. Right. (laughs) 
That's interesting. I definitely think I've got that British side from my mom. It's like, <laughs> right? oh, I was only joking. Yeah, but it is. They say something really mean and you're joking. Whereas yeah. Americans, people will say something really dumb. They're like, oh my God, do you believe it? You're like, no, I don't believe that. It was a joke. What are you talking about? Why would you think right. I thought that, right? Um, and so I think that goes into it. But I don't know. Rob's a pretty sensitive dude. Like uh, yeah. that could be tough with the – Tough taking baiting a British person if you have thin skin, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I'll tell you what bothered me about Rob. This is the one thing I noticed from their entire segment is that he was propping his trunk open with a two by four. Oh, my gosh. Like what that and that to me is just that that's very emblematic of the kind of person Rob is like he's just half ass solutions not really following things all the way through, right? Which is what she's worried about with him is like she's going to yeah. be stuck in this janky ass apartment with his janky ass car with a two by four in the trunk to hold it open. And it's just uh, it, it. I think I think it's pointing in the in a bad direction. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But overall, I thought their segment was a little on the boring side. For like, sure. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and then of course there's the overreacting about like. You know, just like they're being, oh, there's police. I'm scared. There's no police in England. Like there's police in London. What are you talking about? Right. Yeah. Like, do you hear gunshots in London? No. Are there police that pull people over and have issues in London? Yeah. It's yeah. a major city for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. So moving on, let's go to Nicole and, well, Justin for now. We'll, 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 we'll talk about that in a second. So okay. Nicole is packing up her tallest heels to bring um, some, as she says, fabulosity with her to Moldova. So it's been nine months since she's seen Justin and she's on her way over to Moldova to see him. So her mother Myrna is coming over to help her pack and she says it's a switch of roles since the last time her and Justin had a K1 when Myrna um, at that time was more doubtful and Nicole is more optimistic. You know, now the tables have turned. Mm -hmm. So Nicole tells us about her rocky past uh, that that her and Myrna have had, mostly related to her transition. So ev evidently, eventually, sorry, Myrna did grow to accept Nicole for who she is, and now they're very close. So Myrna is concerned with some of the outfit selections she's packing up. Mm, hopefully, maybe Nicole can pick some things that are... Less Nikki and more Nicole. Remember, she has that Nikki Exotica thing. Yeah. So because she's worried that the people of Moldova maybe are not as accepting of people that stand out as the people in New Jersey are. So Myrna asks if Nicole is worried about meeting up with uh, his parents again because this is going to be the first time uh, that she's going to have met or been talked with or have a relationship with the parents now that they know she's trans. So how are they going to react? Eh, it's up in the air. And that segues into a confessional from Myrna admitting like regret for the way that she handled uh, the, how things were when Nicole was going through her transition. They basically didn't talk for like three years. So she hopes just, Justin and his parents are going to do better than she did. But maybe they won't because we already heard from – she's already hearing from Justin that he is getting a lot of pushback from friends about even being with her. But Myrna points out that, you know, if he really didn't care for her, if he didn't really have feelings for her, then he wouldn't have told everybody everything. They wouldn't know. Right. And why would he get pushback? So maybe um, he's more worried about the culture of Moldova than the specific relationships he has with his friends and family. So Myrna thinks that no matter how hard this is, things are going to be fine. You're going to get married. It'll all work out. But of course, uh, the vague hesitation that Nicole is sensing from him is making her 
maybe not want to even go through with everything. So then we switch over to Justin, who introduces himself as Igor. He says, my name is Igor. So as far right. as I'm concerned, this is Igor. I'm saying Igor from yes, now on. Yes, agreed. Okay. Um, so he lives in Chisnau, Moldova, and he's 36. So he's we see him working out at the playground, um, which – and it, he explains the name thing about how, you know, everybody – my friends and family all call me Igor, but – you know, Nicole, she calls me Justin because she thinks we met. I look like Justin Timberlake. And then they throw up a picture of like Justin Timberlake and his face side by side. And he, hair, no. that was the only thing they had similar. OK, I'm going to tell you right now, you know who he looked like? He looked like Eminem in that picture. Yeah, I could see that. That was definitely more uh, celebrity lookalike than him and Justin Timberlake. Yes. Yes. Because so it I, wasn't even like hair texture. Because No, Justin no. Timberlake Justin Timberlake had, had those curls hair. and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was more like hair color. Yes. He like had frosted tips. And so she was like, right. Justin Timberlake. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, he works as a personal trainer. So he spends a lot of time working out. Um, he says not to, you know, it's not a vain thing. He doesn't want, he doesn't do it to look good, but he does it to feel good. Like Universal Soldier, which... By the way, is his Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, just for people who didn't know. <laughs> so he's nervous about Nicole visiting because people in Moldova can be pretty narrow-minded about trans people. And, and Nicole not only is trans, but really goes out of her way to get attention from people. So it makes him worried about her safety. So he's got to talk to somebody on camera about it. So we get to his friend, Sergey. Sergey knows everything. So he's a good person to talk to. So they get some coffee and it's like an outdoor park coffee shop and there's chess boards. So we get coffee in a chess board and sit down for a chat and a game. So Igor tells, uh, tells Sergey about how nervous he is, even though, you know, um, even though by this point, everyone, all the friends, all the family know that, that Nicole is trans. So Sergey talks about how dumbfounded he was when he found out and asks Igor, like, well, how did you find out? What did that happen? So Igor says that when it did happen, he was pretty traumatized, um, especially since they had been intimate many times. And he was like, I had no idea. Like, we had sex. So he says he packed his things up and just came home. So Igor says it took him a few years of reflection just to kind of come to terms with what happened and, like, come to think of her as a friend. And then a few years after that, deciding to try again for the relationship, uh, this time with his eyes completely open. So eventually, uh, after they're not really paying much attention to their chess game, like they're really talking and barely playing chess, um, Igor shows Sergei a picture of Nicole and Sergei says she looks like a bombshell. Like she actually looks yeah. a lot more feminine than a lot of the women in Moldova. <laughs> of course, she's going to draw a lot of attention, you know, with her bold pink lips and everything like that. But, you know, he he doesn't think that people are going to be able to tell that she's trans. So to test this theory, they go ask an old, a group of old men who are sitting back there and be like, hey, what do you think about his girlfriend? What do you think, huh? And they're like, oh, yeah. and all the old gross old guys are like, oh, yeah, she's pretty hot. Oh, yeah. So she might draw reasons for other – she might draw attention for other reasons. But, you know, Igor's kind of like – he is trying to avoid a situation where she draws attention for other reasons and then um, – you know, that and things go sour when people find out that she's trans. Um, so, yeah, so we're, we, we meet Igor and um, we kind of hear the version of his side of the story. So, uh, I mean, kind of whose side are you on regarding how things are, are going? Do you think he's all in like he says he is or is he kind of one foot out the door like Nicole seems to think he might be? 
don't think he's one foot out the door. Um, but what I would say is I am struggling to see how these people are together. Sure. Like their personalities are completely different. Mm-hmm. Their I would even say their look is completely different. Not that that really has anything to do with anything, but uh, their age is completely different. It seems like just how they view like life seems to be completely different. Mm-hmm. It just I don't mm-hmm. understand, and I think it's going to be one of those things where I'm just going to have to see them in person to see. You know, does this couple make sense? Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, Yeah. on paper, they seem very, very different from each other, for sure. Yes, and I would think that his initial reaction to things is how I would kind of think of him, like, you know, how he would see things. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was actually really interesting that when he was saying that he was doing his reflection, how he really wanted to understand where she was coming from and understand her perspective. And, you know, like he said, he got into meditation to think about like himself and his views. And I just thought that was like very interesting and definitely didn't really kind of seem if you're judging a book by its cover someone who kind of he gives off the kind of vibe like he's very traditional and you know what i think part of it is i think there is somewhat of a i don't want to say a bias but maybe like a prejudgment because when i think of moldova i think of andre Andre. Mm -hmm, for sure yeah Yeah. and andre and you know like the kind of person that he is and it's just like i can never imagine an andre being this open-minded about anything and and saying like yeah literally like not even open-minded about things, but open-minded about changing his mind. Right. right? Yes. And, that, and, that, and yeah. being like, well, maybe I was the one who was wrong. Maybe I'm the one who needs to change my thinking. Right. Yeah. No, Andre would never do that in a thousand years. Right. No, right. No, no, no. You are all wrong. You're all you're all idiots. You stupid idiots should disagree with me because I'm smart and you're idiots. Right. right. Yes. Right. That's true. That's true. Um, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, I definitely think, you know, kind of his story kind of so shows how much the like interplay between like you know transphobia and homophobia mm-hmm. and like internalized homophobia for guys mm-hmm. is just like really really poisonous and toxic right yeah because it, it literally was like he found out that he had had sex with somebody that was born a man and it was just yeah. like oh my god am i gay do i hate myself oh my god uh-huh. like right. right it was just right yeah it took him years to come over to to like but that was a trauma that was years worth of work to overcome for him and it's yeah. like that is really limiting for people Right. And also, like, I just felt bad for him, too, because he said that when he came back and told his close friends what had happened, they judged him, too, even oh, though he didn't did. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't know either. I think they had they had she met him in Moldova. Right. right? And so yeah. it was they probably saw her like it's one of those things that it was like, yeah, like, I mean, again, transphobic people say it all the time. Oh, we always know. And it's like, but you don't. Like, but you don't right. always know. Um, you can, we can no. always tell. I was like, no, you can't. Like, but in terms of getting aside from that, I think you're just the the nuts and bolts of them as a couple is is very very tricky. Like, she he doesn't seem like the kind of person who wants to stand out from the crowd, and that's yeah. literally all she ever wants to do is stand out from the right. crowd, right? And yeah. and that is just a very hard tension to. 
you know, independent of anybody's status as cis and trans, like that's very difficult to manage as a couple when one person is like, I want all the attention and the other person is like, and and it's not just from each other, right? From, from other people. I want attention from everybody. I want to walk into a room and have everybody look at me. And the other person is like, that's awful. I would never want that in my life. Like, how do you make that work as a couple? Yeah. I really don't want him to be a garbage person either, because no. I will say that I think this is probably the best looking dude that's ever been on this show. Ever? I mean, no, yeah. no, no. He, he, he's he he is a he's a pretty good looking guy, although more more Eminem than Justin Timberlake. But oh, gosh. Well, that was not a good look. I think he is. His haircut now definitely helps his case. But uh, I'm trying to think of anyone I mean, for the most part, there's a bunch of troll dudes on this show, right? They're not a good looking bunch for the most part. No. There's been a couple that like stand out just because they're better looking than the rest. But I actually think this guy is legit, probably the best looking guy that's been on the show. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look through a lot of a lot of them are very much like, yes, no, they're there, especially when you go to the early seasons. It's like the people who are like, well, all of the women in America told me I was an ugly troll. So I started going yeah. into the Philippines and, uh, yeah, you know, we have like those, those, those type of people early on. But I think, I think part of it is a lot, some of the people that you might, um, might at first look seem like they could be attractive all of a sudden turn out to be just garbage right, people. And you're right. like, not attractive anymore because they're garbage. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's part of it too. So I'm like, please don't be a garbage person. <laughs> I hope not. I mean, for, for, for first impressions as it goes, like I thought he came off pretty, yeah, pretty sweet, well. pretty self-aware. Like, yeah, I thought mm-hmm. I thought he came off pretty well, for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to Ashley and Manuel. So we continue where we left off from the last time where Ashley is freaking out and on the verge of tears and hyperventilating, which, by the way, I'm still confused why she's reacting this way. But whatever. She's anxious because she hasn't been in contact with Manuel because he was on his flight and she's worried if he made it at all. Her sister, Sienna, meets her in the parking lot and helps her to calm down. Ashley is rushing through the airport with her sister literally in tow behind her. They stake out a place where they think they will see him. Ashley is worrying that he isn't on his flight as she's nervously fidgeting and bouncing around. She finally sees him coming down the escalator and cries and runs to him. He asks why she's crying, but they just hug and he tells her to be happy. He thanks her for waiting for him. Ashley is so relieved. She messy kisses him and leaves lipstick all over his face during the interview. Manuel jokes that he asked immigration to give him 120 days to get married instead of 90, because as we all know, 90 days just isn't enough enough time. (laughs) Manuel says that this is his first time flying and he was very nervous. Manuel notes that he thought there would be less nature, but he thinks Rochester is cute with pretty houses. He immediately notices uh, her space for meditation as they walk up to the house. Manuel greets the dog, Rico Suave, but he isn't thrilled about the cat, Lyra. He said that he only used cats to catch mice, but he can't fathom having one around to just feed. Ashley is trying to introduce Manuel to her witchy stuff, as she puts it. She shows him around and Manuel asks why she took off the door to their room. And Manuel doesn't like that because the dog and the cat can just get in bed. Manuel thinks that everyone has their place and the pets, they actually belong outside. <laughs> Ashley says that Rico Suave has been around much longer than any of her partners and Rico can sleep wherever the heck he wants. 
Manuel is used to telling people what to do, but Ashley says that she comes from a family of strong, independent women of color, and she's not going to let someone tell her what to do. She then cries, saying that the dog is sleeping with them. Manuel says that he knows that they're not married, but if they're going to be together, she can't be the only one making decisions. It ends up that the first night, Rico jumped on the bed and Manuel tried to tell him to sleep on the floor. And Ashley says, you know, he's not going to win that fight. And the dog ended up sleeping in the bed. She then tries to talk to Manuel about being a witch. And Manuel doesn't think that she's actually a witch because witches do harm. He thinks that witches would cast spells to get people to do what she wants. But he knows she doesn't do that. Ashley says that he's misunderstanding what a witch is. They are interrupted by food delivery. Emmanuel then reads a definition from the internet about what a witch is, and Ashley disagrees with the definition and just wants to eat in peace. She says that she needs some air and goes for a smoke. Ashley says that they're not seeing eye to eye because Manuel has a very old school view of what a witch is, but she insists that she is a witch. Manuel says that this is going to be really hard because he is Catholic. Ashley says he needs to get to a place of understanding if they're going to get married because she won't marry someone who doesn't respect her. All right. So this kind of is going the way we thought it was going to go. We definitely, uh-huh. you know, predicted that Manuel, based on the country, was going to be Catholic. Right. And that Catholics definitely don't think that angels are, I mean, angels, witches are uh, good People, yeah, um, yeah, and that there's fundamental problems, you know, relating to the religion. What is? Uh, I'm I'm confused. What Ashley's definition of a witch is? I get that he is putting a negative connotation on it, like they do harm. Uh huh. Right? Yeah. So I get that that's not. But what does she think a witch does? So I mean, she just sees being a witch, saying you're a witch isn't any different from saying I'm a Muslim or I'm a Jew or I'm a Catholic, right? It's just a religion that she has, right? And the practitioners of this religion are called witches, right? And it involves whatever things that it involves. Like she considers that her religion. Um, She calls it spirituality or whatever. She might not use the word religion, but for all intents and purposes, that's what it is, right? And so- But I guess I'm confused. Like what does this religion believe in? Well, well, what's I mean, their angle? What do they value? What I don't, do they do? I don't know. Do? I'm sure it has somebody. I, I, usually it's – I don't know if it actually is Wicca, if it's related to Wicca. I don't know what the actual oh. like belief structure is, but it is – you know, as things to do with nature spirits and things like that and, 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 and not a necessarily Abrahamic like single god or polytheism. It's like – uh, and so I'm not exactly sure what that religion entails, but it is a like actual religion that people practice. Um, and he is just like to to him. And I wish she would kind of explain it that way. It's like this is yeah. my my thing because he's like she's I'm a witch. And he, it, to him, it's like she says, well, I'm a werewolf. And she's like he's like, yeah, but you don't turn into a wolf at the full moon. Right. And she's like, yeah, but I'm a werewolf. And he's like, but werewolves turn into a wolf and she, you don't do yeah. that. Like the definition of a werewolf is someone that turned. And so they're just having a semantic argument and not realizing it's a semantic argument. Right. Because he's to him, it's like definition of which an evil woman. And he's like, when you're not evil. So therefore you're not a witch. Right. Because to him, it's a myth, like a mythological thing that he's talking about. And her, she's like, 
this is my religion. They're just having a different conversation. Right. Um, okay, so I feel like there's something wrong with Ashley. And it's not necessarily the witchiness of it, mm-hmm. but it's just like she seems so like emotionally unstable to me. I could not understand like why she was freaking out as much as she was freaking out, like hyperventilating, like on the verge of tears. I couldn't even tell. Was she like anxious? Was she scared? Was she just like you know, like emotional about like having him be. I could not figure her out. All I knew is that she was a hot emotional train wreck this entire episode. I mean, no, I, I, I mean, I think I, I know. I feel like I know. I feel like she was nervous. She was, you know, nervous he wasn't going to be there. Nervous about things were going to go well. That he was going to get rejected, sent back, and so she had this underlying frustration. And I've known plenty of women who, when they start crying are just like pissed that they're crying and that makes them cry worse. And then they're just in this cycle of like crying worse because you could see she was like, like, uh, 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 and then she was like starting to cry about getting angry. And then you could see her look into the camera on her dashboard, realize that this was on camera and then going, Oh God, this is on camera. Oh shit. And it just got a way worse. Like immediately, like as soon as she realized her hyperventilating was on camera and it looked bad, that made it worse. And like, she just got into like a, 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 a spiral. She was spiraling. That's what it is. Um, yeah. And so I, 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 it's it, not a good look because quite honestly, my takeaway from this episode is this woman's unhinged. Oh, see, you it's know, funny. Like, my, my, my takeaway from this episode is Manuel might be the most stubborn person we've ever seen on the show. Oh, gosh. Like he he is he 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 very much is. We talked about it in Andre. Like I have an opinion. Of course, my opinion's right. And everybody else's opinion is stupid. Like, yeah, well, I don't think this is a good match. And I honestly don't see this going very far. It's one thing to have the thing about witches and stuff, which, by the way, the funny thing I thought about it is, you know, he said for his for his witches was like, oh, well, how could she have an ex if she's a witch? Because if that person wanted you to break up You would never have an ex. Yeah. Yeah. You could put a spell on them would, and yeah. they would come back to you. And so and so, I thought about this and I'm like, it's too personal, but does, he might think you're a witch. You're like, you've got, you have gotten back together with an ex, therefore. Oh, gosh. Must have, <laughs> you must have cast a spell on this person and made him a witch. But like, first of all, Howard, this is a, this is a show that is watched by mostly, mostly, I know, I know the character, it's a middle-aged woman show, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, and the first thing they showed up Manuel doing was being like, why would anybody have a cat? Cats are dumb. It's stupid. Like, <laughs> it's stu- why would you, there's a mouth to feed. Like, really? You're going to shit on cats on this show? I don't think that's the, that, that, that is designed to get the audience going. But like that, <laughs> my, the thing that put me over the top though with his stubbornness was, he was shitting over hot water. He was like, who the fuck needs hot water? That's dumb. Why would you, why would you even hot water? This is, ugh. You're going like, to wash your dishes with hot water? Yeah. He was just like. wash like your clothes with hot and water? And that's, that's the thing. Why? It's like the, the completely, and that's where he's at. He's stubborn. He's incurious. Like, ooh, hot water. I wonder, was it, does it work better? Like, then he was just like, what? You have, you, like, you stupid Americans pay money to get hot water in your house? What is wrong with you? <laughs> My God. Like, that was his, that was his, like, think about it. That dog sleeping in the bed. Like. Yeah, I feel like he could uh, just chill with cold showers then. 
Well, I'm sure that's always, I'm sure that's what he's been exposed to. Right. And I just, I, I I do feel like it was like, well, let me give you a week of taking hot showers and then, then we'll (laughs) see how you feel about about the hot water in your house. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know. I, I, she, I, I, but I think it's going to be now. One thing I will say about her, though, her Spanish was good. Yeah, pretty decent. And so we don't we don't have that. Well, at least we're, it's not, it was good enough. I, well, let's put it that way. It was in between. It was good enough that they understood each other the whole time. There was no translation yes. app or anything like that. But yeah. I think the subtleties over the word bruja was pretty much yeah. their entire argument, like of what the different connotations of that specific word, um, which is which is you know trick which is valid like there's different like you know connotations to different words and if it was like if it was a different way to put it maybe they i wonder what the practitioners of her religion in that part of the world if there are any call themselves do they use the word Mm -hmm. witch do they say something else i don't know yeah yeah i have no idea but i i just honestly this very much reminds me of molly and Luis, and i feel like we're mm. gonna have very very similar i can see that uh yeah like the trajectory of their relationship i think is gonna be pretty well similar. and i wonder it made me wonder because we only saw we've still only seen four couples out of seven i think they're supposed to be yeah and so yeah. that makes me curious if there's gonna be some quick flame outs and then we'll replace them as as the series as it goes along. Yeah. All right. Is that? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's everybody. It was everyone We've got covered yeah. everybody now because we said only four couples this time. Mm. Um. So, students of the week. Who was your student of the week? Oh goodness, I don't even know if I thought of one yet. Okay. Uh, student of the week. I'll go with uh Igor. Yeah, that's what I did. I said Igor too. Yeah. I mean, other than being. The best looking guy we've had on the show. I appreciated that he did some self-reflection and didn't just, you know, take the news that he is the victim and then just moved on. Right. right? He really, like, took time to learn more about it, to meditate on it, to really try to gain different perspectives and I really appreciated that about him. Oh, and you know who else was pretty pretty cool, too? I went with Igor, too, because he's main cast, is Sergey. Was like very like, yeah. like the reports he was like, yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand. But if this is what we're doing, like, and then, see, but he was supportive, even though he didn't understand, he was right. still supportive. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. What about your dunce? I said, man, well, like, it, how are you going to move to, because uh, if, if this was the other way, right, if we had, mm-hmm. if we had gone the other way and it was an American coming in and just telling the person that everything in their house was dumb, like. This is dumb. Why would you do that? That's 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 gross. This is duck. That's bad. I don't want to do things. And then and then at the end of the day, when she when they insisted on one thing, being like, well, she's not going to be allowed to make all the decisions. This is this is absurd. Like we we trashing them. Like if you go, he just was trashing American culture from the the entire time he was there. Yeah. So uh, that's funny that you should say Manuel because I went Ashley. Mm-hmm. I just felt like she was an emotional hot mess. Um, I felt like she, you know, didn't take time to, like, talk out their argument. Um, she's just trying to shut it down and, like, avoid it almost. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing where it's like, Rico Suave is going to sleep where he wants. And, like, that's just it. Like, I don't know. Not everybody. And I, uh, like, I kind of side with Manuel on this. Like, I love dogs, but I don't think dogs should be sleeping in the bed. 76% of people have dogs sleep in the bed with them. 
Oh my who gosh, have dogs. so many. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. I looked it up while we were watching the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've only ever had a big dog and there's no way that dog could have slept in the bed. It, I, we would have had to get a way bigger bed. There's just no way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I get it. Rico is a little bit smaller. He's like kind of a, yeah, he's a small pup. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. I get it. I mean, it's one thing, whatever you do with a dog, you have to make the decision when you get the dog. It's, it actually Mm -hmm. does seem, I I don't care if people have their dogs on their beds or not. Like I, people crate train their dog, their dog always sleeps in the crate. Good job. Fantastic. That, that's your choice that I'm not, I don't think that's cruel. I think it's cruel to take an adult dog that's always been sleeping in a bed with you and then Mm. force it into a crate. That, that's dicey to me. Um, It's kind of like if it was crate trained from as a puppy. And it, that's what it always knows because, like, I know people who have crate trained dogs. And when they're like, it's time to go to bed, that's where they want to sleep. That's the only place they do want to sleep is in that crate. Yeah. Right? And that's yeah. fine. But to make – to make to kick the dog out of the bed because somebody moved in is – I don't know. That that doesn't seem like good dog ownership things <laughs> for right. an adult dog. And yeah. she's a bit an old dog too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, been around enough for uh, a bunch of different partners. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. Right, right. Um, all right. Um, <laughs> life lessons. Um, oh, yeah. So I said, so my buddy, I don't know if I can go with, like, I flush your toilet, especially when a girl is coming over. Oh, my gosh. Like, what, yeah. Like, clean clean your toilet. What? I mean, I don't think he cleaned it. I don't think he, I, I, you said the brush. I think the brush wouldn't get everything that was in there, but would right. get stuff. It would, it would do some damage to that stain. But like, yeah, I don't like. I literally do not understand how there's a turd floating in your toilet. It, I, I don't get it. Like that, yeah, never. Like it smells. I don't understand. You get up and flush the toilet. I, it's so confusing. I know. I was so confused. Yeah. yeah. So my life lesson was actually aimed towards Rob because he seemed to be very impressed with himself over this proposal, <sighs> and Sophie was, was just kind of like so so about it. She right? was like, right. It was corny as fuck. It was so corny. Oh, my God. Right. And he was, like, patting himself on (laughs) the back. Like, this is so romantic. And Sophie's just kind of like, oh, my God. If this had been anyone else, I would have been like, ugh. Um, But it's like, consider who the proposal is for, you know? And try to do something to impress that person, not the person you think I don't know that you, you know, you, what you think is romantic, trying to impress yourself. Cause mm-hmm. Rob was certainly impressed with himself. Oh, he was, but yeah, I don't he think was Sophie there. Was oh, really man. His, his, his shoulder was tired from patting himself on the back over that. Yeah, for sure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But that was not Sophie's thing. So mm-hmm. I don't think she definitely uh, thought the same way about the engagement. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're just getting started with this group. Do we know of any other couples that are going to be on this? Um, I'm sure I haven't. I'm trying not to, you know, spoil myself and get ahead online. But I know that there yeah. is other people. I know one of them has a mom that lives in the closet. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> there's. I know there's that. Wow. There's another like weird thing going on, too. It's another one. But I, I know they definitely have seen previews where it's like, oh, yeah. And by the way literally opens their closet and mom is in like in their knitting. It's like, oh, God. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we'll be back next week, maybe with a new couple. Uh, definitely with these couples because we've seen them in the previews. Yep. And so until then. All right. See everybody then. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.